Where were you on September 11th of 2001? I suspect you know precisely where you were when you received the news of the terrorist attack on our country. It's a day marked in infamy. It's a day that we all lost something. It's a day that really changed life for all of us, and especially for a number of people who lost loved ones in the various attacks. Jennifer Sands is an example. She's an example of someone who had a tremendous loss, but she's also an example of someone who, in the midst of the loss, discovered what she could have and literally have forever. I spoke to Jennifer. She and I have had a series of interviews over the years, and I asked her if she would please once again go back to September 11th of 2001. She and her husband Jim were, in many ways, living the American dream, but uh, everything changed that morning. Uh, my husband Jim worked in Manhattan, so he had um, a very long commute to work. I live in New Jersey, and it took him two hours from our home in New Jersey to his office in Manhattan and two hours on the way home. So that's four hours a day spent traveling. And because he was on the road so much, I always worried about him. You know, you worry about car accidents or a car breaking down. So every morning when Jim left for work, I would pray for God to keep him safe. And I did indeed pray that morning of 9-11. It was about six o'clock in the morning and Jim left for work and I prayed for his safety. And then 8.46 a.m. is when the first plane hit the first tower. That was Jim's tower. He was in the, in the North Tower. Around 9 o'clock that morning, I called um, my job. I am a pharmacist, and I, I called the pharmacy where I work. I, I had off that day. I had off on September 11th, but I had worked the night before, and I just wanted to see if they had any questions from some things I had left. Anyway, that's when I was told that a plane had just hit Tower 1, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing, so I turned on the television, and I couldn't believe what I saw. It, it was like the end of the world. Of course, it was the end of my world. Um, and at that point, I remember frantically trying to get in touch with Jim, um, calling his cell phone, his pager, his office phone. I could not get through to him, and he never called me. And then it was 1029, I believe, 1029 a.m. is when Tower 1 collapsed. And that is when I knew it was over. I knew he never could have gotten out of that building. I knew he couldn't have survived it. So um, life as I knew it at 1029 a.m. was my life was over. My whole world came crashing down with the towers and I was left with a broken heart and broken dreams and a broken faith. But fortunately, my story does not end there. No, her story does not end there, but the beginning of this story was extremely difficult. That morning, Jennifer gathered with her friends at her apartment, trying to determine what in the world happened and what might have happened to Jim. Surreal, really. Um, <laughs> Jim and I had just gotten this huge big TV back in 2001, you know, a 60 inch TV was unheard of back then. We were probably the first ones in our town to get one. It was a huge widescreen. He was insistent on being able to see the TV anywhere in the house. And so that played to my disadvantage on that day because I couldn't escape it. I remember so many people being in my house, you know, friends, family, people from work, but it was all just kind of a blur. I mean, it was like everything was swirling around me and I, I couldn't seem to focus on 
anything. And, you know, I remember when the towers collapsed, I didn't actually see it on TV right away. I just heard everyone gasping and then they got quiet and someone said, oh no, oh no. And I said, what, what's the matter? What's the matter? And they said, someone said his tower just collapsed and I collapsed myself. As soon as I heard that, I literally went down. And that, like I said, that's when I knew it. I knew he could never have gotten out of that. He was on the 103rd floor of Tower One, um, and the plane had hit just a few bo- floors below that. So I knew there was no way he w- he had gotten out in time. So um, after that, again, everything after that was kind of a blur. Those first few days and weeks, still in my mind, are still not very clear. I think that's probably one of God's um, defense mechanisms for me that I wouldn't remember it with that much detail. But but I, I just remember not being able to be part of the efforts to find him. I remember being violently ill, like physically ill. I, I it was it was ugly, horrible time that I certainly don't like to relive it. But I always have to think about what God brought from that. That's that's how I get through this is seeing what God has done from that. And what could God bring out of such a tragedy? That's an important question, isn't it? I asked Jennifer to, if she would, just reflect on where she really stood in terms of her faith in God back on that fateful day. Well, before 9-11, I would say that God was no more than a virtual Santa Claus to me. You know, don't be naughty, just be nice, and he'll give you whatever you ask for. That was my mentality. Going to church was really just a way of scoring points with God. And I really only went when it was convenient for me. I had heard many times that Jesus died for the sins of mankind, and I can still remember thinking back then, well, that's good news for all the naughty people in the world, people like Hitler, people like Charles Manson. They need Jesus. They are sinners, not me. I'm not really a sinner. I mean, I know I'm not perfect, but compared to them, I'm a good person. Again, that's where my mentality was back then. As for the Bible, I had never owned a Bible, never read a Bible, never even opened a Bible. I had absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Jennifer went on to describe to me how she felt in the days and weeks and months that followed, and what was really going on inside her heart, what she was really feeling, uh, just about her life and about, well, uh, her faith. I, I must tell you that when 9-11 happened, for months I was consumed with anger, not anger at the terrorists, as many would assume, but the fact is I did not pray to Osama bin Laden every morning to please not attack our country. I prayed to God every morning to keep Jim safe. So my anger was completely directed at God. So for those first few days, weeks, months, I would say maybe a six to nine months after 9-11, there was anger at God. But God really used a lot of different people to help, to help me better understand him, to help me understand, first of all, that if I'm angry at God, that must mean that I still believe there is a God because you can't be mad at someone who doesn't exist. So that was um, a big eye-opener for me. And then I think that he really just put a lot of different people in my life to show me the love of God, um, which really is the love of Christ. They they showed me his love through just through his words, through actions. 
um, there was just, you know, a time went by when my anger and my bitterness was downgraded to, I would say, disappointment with God. And then it was downgraded a little more to, say, curiosity with God. Um, it, it was it was a process, but God used a lot of different people to make it happen. Um, one person, I would say, um, was my sister. He used my sister who had who had been a very devout Christian for many, many years and had been praying for me long before 9-11, but of course after 9-11 he really used her to, um, to as a source of comfort and encouragement, but also as a source of, um, of someone who could kind of explain in, as best we can as humans to understand why God would allow such a horrific tragedy in my life. Um, but eventually, and of course I'm really condensing this, but eventually I started to read the Bible. My sister gave me a Bible for Christmas that very year, Christmas of 2001. I didn't ask for one, but God put it on her heart to get me one because he knew that it, it, soon I would really be looking for answers to why, 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 why did this happen? And I started to read the Bible, and um, the more I read the Bible, the more God taught me about himself that he really is good and gracious and loving, yes, but he's also righteous and he's also just. And the more I read the Bible, the more God taught me about myself, and he very gently showed me through his word that I'm not the good person I thought I was um, and that I truly am a sinner, just like every sinner. I desperately need the forgiveness that only Jesus can give. So the Bible showed me that my sin separated me from God and that it all needs to be forgiven by God so that I can be reunited with God. Um, so I would say like in that first year after 9-11, God used his word to change my heart. He used many different people to change my heart. He used a few significant events to change my heart, which we won't have time to get into, but one particular event was um, an underwater memorial um, down in the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman. Um, Jim and I were scuba divers, and after 9-11, the island of Grand Cayman actually did a very special tribute to him. They had a bronze memorial plaque placed underwater on a coral reef in his memory. And about a year after 9-11, I was able to go down and dive the site with my family. And, um, and at that point, the anger had already been downgraded to curiosity and probably right on the verge of, of trust. Um, and it was on that particular dive on that particular day. It was July 17, 2002. I remember submerging into the water as one person, terrified. I was completely terrified of diving without Jim. But then I surfaced from the water as a very different person because um, I realized at that point kind of all came together and hit me that I really can live the rest of my life without Jim, but I cannot live the rest of my life without Jesus. And right after that, I made the decision to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord. It was the greatest decision I've ever made. And it's out of tragedy oftentimes that we make a decision. To trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, to experience the forgiveness of our sins, and to know that we have eternal life. Jennifer made that decision, and her entire life changed. I've made that decision, and my entire life has changed. And the invitation is yours, to trust in the Savior. You don't have to have a 9-11 experience in order to recognize your need. Just look at the reality that we have all sinned, and God has to judge sin. But if we trust in Christ, the judgment of our sins is placed on his cross, and we are forgiven.
Her whole life has changed, and now she's changing the lives of other people as she has a wonderful ministry of communicating biblical truth and the good news of the gospel. Whenever I've interviewed Jennifer, there are people that ask one question, a probing question, that is, what about Jim? Do you have any idea where he was spiritually? And uh, I appreciate the way Jennifer is willing to honor biblical truth and yet recognize there there really is hope. Jim and I, um, we really never spoke much about what we really believed. Um, I, I, from what I knew of him, um, both of us grew up Catholic, and we were married in a Catholic church and, again, occasionally went to church when it was convenient for me or for him. Um, so after 9-11, and once I um, turned my life over to Jesus and fully understood the gospel of grace, I really was, um, my heart was so heavy because I couldn't help but ask, okay, well then where is Jim? Where is Jim? You know, if I didn't believe until now, what happened to him? And where is he right now? So um, I remember being in his office, his home office here in my house, and I was looking for a book on his bookshelf, and I don't even remember what book it was, um, but I found a Bible, his Bible. I didn't even know he owned a Bible. I did, certainly didn't own a Bible, but I saw, I found his Bible, and I pulled it out and um, opened it up, and I remember there was a bookmark in there, a, just a scrap piece of paper as a bookmark. And when I looked at that scrap piece of paper, I recognized the phone number written on it was his best friend's new phone number. His best friend had just moved a few months before, maybe about a month before 9-11, and that was the new number on the piece of paper, which told me that was the cue that Jim had been in there very recently right before he was killed. Now, of course, just owning a Bible, even reading a Bible for that matter, um, does certainly does not um, mean that, that he's in heaven. But it, what it did was it triggered a conversation that Jim and I had again, very recently before he was killed. And I remember one day, out of nowhere, he said to me, you know, hon, I think that we should go to your sister's church. Now, my sister, as I mentioned before, she's a devout believer and goes to a Baptist church since 1972. And, and he all of a sudden decided that's where he wanted to go to church. But I, I blew him away. I said, there's no way we are going to one of those Jesus freak, holy roller, religious fanatic churches. No way. End of discussion. No negotiation. And I just shot him right down. And he never brought it up again. But between that conversation that we had and the fact that um, that God allowed me to find Jim's Bible, which was had recently been read, God has given me a peace in my heart. Now, whether that peace is because Jim really is in heaven, that he really was searching and seeking, or perhaps maybe even found Jesus and was trying to bring me along, that I don't know, but the peace is in my heart. It, it could also be a peace that God's given me um, that there's truly nothing I can do about wherever Jim is now. There's nothing I can do about it um, and that I, I can't be fretting about it. I just need to accept it and, um, and trust that God is a just and righteous God, and, but that he's also a gracious God. And so um, 
So I, I cannot honestly say for sure that um, Jim was saved and that he had found um, salvation through Jesus Christ. But I do, as I said, I do have a peace in my heart about it. What it really does for me is give me that sense of urgency that all the rest of my loved ones, family and friends um, know exactly where they're going the day they take their last breath. That gives me a sense of urgency to make sure they understand the gospel of grace so that when it is their turn and when they do take their last breath, um, that I won't have to wonder like I did with Jim, that I won't have that that unsettled feeling of where are they. So, it's, you know, I guess it stirs the evangelism in me. I appreciate the fact that Jennifer does not want to hold out a false hope about whether or not Jim ever trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. We need to be careful because uh, the eternal destiny of those that have rejected Christ and refused the gospel of grace, their eternal destiny is separation from God forever. But in the case of Jim, I told Jennifer, I said, any man that says to his wife he wants to go to church, well, the Holy Spirit had to be working in a big-time way. I mean, how many men would say that? Well, Jim did. And then, of course, uh, that note in the Bible. But there's more to this, because later Jennifer found out that uh, there were a number of believers at Canner Fitzgerald who were very upfront about their faith. They shared the gospel. And as the building was in flames and they were unable to escape, they were presenting the gospel to those who needed to face their own mortality, because in a matter of moments, that building would collapse. Jim may well have heard the gospel at that very moment. And the grace of God is so incredible that even at that moment, moments before his death, if he trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, Jim, when he died, when the building went down, immediately went into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I went on and asked Jennifer about, uh, well, the question that is posed oftentimes when people reflect on the tragedy of 9-11. And that is, why? Why did God allow this to happen? And it could be that right now you're asking that question about your own 9-11 experience. Here's Jennifer Sands. Why God would allow their own personal 9-11. I mean, let's face it, we all go through, as you said, we all go through some pretty heavy stuff, whether it's health problems or family problems, marriage problems, financial problems, you name it. And I can tell you from personal experience that God sometimes allows that because there is work to be done inside of us that cannot be accomplished any other way. God is constantly trying to mold our character and shape our hearts to be more like him, and sometimes that process can be painful. I, I can't say it's easy at all to just say, well, why, why would God allow what happened on 9-11? Why, why, why is there so much terrorism in the world, so many natural disasters? I can say that God is not responsible for the evil acts of mankind. We live in a fallen world. We're full of depravity, and that's not God's fault. That's our fault, because there are consequences to our actions. And as drastic as it might seem, God sometimes allows a person, or an entire nation for that matter, to suffer with the intention of awakening their faith. And so as far as trusting God through uh, someone's own personal ordeal, personal 9-11, um, I really believe that trust is built on relationship. Trust is built on relationship. The only way you can really trust a person is by spending time with them and getting to know them. And that's how you find out how reliable and dependable a person really is, right, or not. But it's the same way with God. The only way you can really build trust in God is by spending time with him on a regular basis. And that's where 
prayer and Bible reading comes in because we speak to God through our prayers and he speaks to us through his word. And that's how you get the dialogue going. That's how you get a relationship going. And that's how you find out how completely, entirely reliable and dependable and trust, trustworthy God really is. Um, and I guess the bottom line is that um, what I have have learned so many things since 9-11, again, three books worth of things about it, what I've learned after 9-11. But I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that a broken heart is not healed by explanations. A broken heart is healed by the love and the grace of God. I spent a whole year of my life after 9-11 asking why, 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 but I found that those answers are not nearly as important as the answer, which is Jesus. He's the answer. Before we closed out our conversation, I asked Jennifer about really learning how to trust God, really learning how to trust Him in the midst of the difficulties of life. Um, On the basis of what I do know about God, I can trust Him with the things that I don't know. There's so much that I don't know. There's so much that we will never know. What is what does God say? The secret things belong to the Lord. There's there are you know there there are mysteries that we'll never have the answers to this side of eternity. But on the basis of what I do know about God, I can trust Him with the things that I don't know. The key is, of course, to know God, to know Him through His Word, to know Him through prayer, to know Him through that relationship. And so let me ask you: Do you have that relationship? Have you entered into that relationship by acknowledging your need for forgiveness and trusting in Jesus Christ for that forgiveness? He died on the cross so that your sins could be covered and forgiven. And you received the free gift, and it's a free gift. You cannot earn it, the free gift of eternal life. Jennifer shared the moment that she trusted in Christ, and she said it's the most important decision she has ever made. It totally changed her life. And Jesus Christ wants to change your eternal destiny and change your life today. I invite you to trust in Him. Now, if you have trusted in Him, but you find yourself uh, dealing with your own 9-11, draw close to Him, abide in Him, get to know Him better. And when you do, you'll learn to trust Him all the more. And if we can help you in your journey, in your walk with Him, please let us know.